Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Pam Shriver. I'm Sandra Winka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. We have got one busy week coming up here on the Tennis Podcast because, frankly, there's a heck of a lot going on in the tennis world, right from all the results that we've had over the course of the week, which we'll get to a little bit later in the show. Um, we've got Paris coming up next week. Catherine's going to be presenting that on Amazon Prime Video. And it is the start tomorrow, as we speak to you right now on Sunday evening, of the Billie Jean King Cup Finals in Prague moved from where they were supposed to be initially in Budapest. Prague has decided to uh, step in, um, which uh, I think everybody in tennis is pretty grateful for. Um, that means that Catherine is in her flat. I don't see Billie Jean, Catherine. Where's Billie Jean today? I uh, dropped her off with my brother oh. earlier. She can't, uh, she can't handle the, the Paris hours. <laughs> no. <laughs> So she has fled for the shelter of my brother's flat. So um, not to bring the tone down so early, but it is officially the most depressing day of the year, added to by Billie Jean's absence. Why? It is clocks going forward day. Back day. Yes, back. back. Yeah, similar, just the other way around. Similar, just just infinitely worse. Clocks going forward day is the best day. Yes, that's right. <sighs> I hate it. I hate it. It got dark at about half past 12. Um, yeah, let's just hibernate until March. Anybody up for that? No, because there's or, or... <laughs> loads and loads of tennis to watch in the meantime, <laughs> okay. including this week. And you've got to present live TV tomorrow. So we're going to do yeah. that instead yeah. but i'd get your point i'm pumped i'm pumped as you can tell i very much understand where you're coming from i think of, of all of us matt is the one here that has nailed um the end of october because where are you right now matt i'm sitting in my hotel in prague oh come on it's very cool to be out in the world again for the Billie Jean King Cup finals, and it is really great to be here. Oh, that's great. He's, he's being loomed over by the creepiest <laughs> piece of hotel artwork I've ever seen. <laughs> the figure of a sort of 
Victorian sh- murderous murderess in in silhouette mm. right above your bed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I believe it's actually a dance, but on mm. on on a Zoom call, it does look a lot like a, a murder a murdery silhouette. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be looking at that on Halloween night. I really don't. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so Matt's in Prague, which which I have to say is one of the favourite cities I ever visited in my role at the ATP. Well over twenty years ago, I went to Prague, and uh, I think it is the most sensationally beautiful city I've ever been to um, and I hope you get to properly have a walk about and enjoy it yes I'm hoping on finals day I will have a chance to explore the city centre because the tennis starts uh, quite early most days but on finals day I think it's a four o'clock start so I've, I'll have some time beforehand I, uh, I I took advantage of the extra hours sleep this morning and and went to bed early, got up early, went for a run. I know tennis podcast listeners might be might be keen to hear another update of my running. Um, this didn't go so well because I, I had pinpointed a place on the map which I thought looked suitable, running in an unfamiliar city. It looked like a park. When I got there, it was a cemetery. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what are the rules about running around cemeteries? Is it considered disrespectful maybe it's maybe it's respectful i don't know i I thought it would be frowned upon so i went somewhere else (laughs) (laughs) it's we're having quite a day here on the tennis podcast on halloween day ah um but uh yeah well the the tennis starts tomorrow um and the teams have have been into their press conferences today We'll, we'll be hearing a few snippets from those Matt was Matt has been asking questions of everybody <laughs> over the last uh, twenty four hours. But I mean, what what do you make of the setup there? First of all, Matt, and the sort of the feel of the, of the event. Because as I said, I think that everybody in tennis is frankly just really grateful and and relieved that this event is happening because it didn't last year. Two years ago, we were doing nightly tennis podcasts just as we are now when the event was in Perth and it was uh, the final between when it was still one country against another in the form of Australia against France, France ending up winning uh, that final and then it didn't happen last year like so many big tennis and sporting events around the world didn't happen. So really Prague has kind of bailed the sport out because of Budapest falling through. Um, what what have you made of it so far? What, what sort of week do you expect well we heard from the president of the czech tennis association today a man a man called ivo kaderka and he said that the inspiration to step in and host the billy jean king cup finals came to him while watching barbora krychikova in the french open final he thought you know we need to capitalize on this this is an amazing moment for czech tennis wouldn't it be great if we could bring the finals to prague and yeah, as you said, I think everyone's really grateful for it to be here. The venue looks fantastic. It's it's the O2 Arena in Prague. Um, lots of players saying the surface is the same as in Ostrava from a few weeks ago. Conditions are quite slow, but, you know, I think players are, are sort of pretty happy with it overall. Um, the big takeaway for me is just how different this feels to, as you said, 
the Davis Cup finals of 2019 in Madrid, which was the other time where the sort of revamped format has been seen. Um, because there, there was, you know, I was, I was there in Madrid and there was an incredible amount of scrutiny about the format change. You know, there's an awful lot of opinion on both sides, a lot of emotion. There were some people who thought that the new format were, was killing the Davis Cup. There were some that thought it was revitalizing it and there was some in some in between some in the middle but mostly it was quite a quite a polarizing topic really and while the format change is certainly news here you know people are talking about it we're asking players about it it's just that strength of feeling has died down um and I've I've been trying to think of why that's the case I think Partly it's seeing the Davis Cup. This isn't the first time we've we've had an example. We saw there were some positives of it, of it. obviously things that could be improved, but, you know, there were good aspects to it. Um, I think 12 teams in the finals here for the Billie Jean King Cup, I think is a better number than 18. 18 still feels like a bit too many to me for the Davis Cup finals. Um, I think Fed Cup people were more accepting that that needed reform anyway you know it was a it obviously produced some amazing moments but I think the system was a little bit more broken than Davis Cup and people were happy to happy to see a change um and also Billie Jean King herself supporting this new finals format I think is significant you know she's got her name to it she was around when the first Fed Cup was played at, at Queen's in 1963 she she played in it and she is now supporting this new version and I think with Davis Cup there was a lot of people sort of saying that it was against the spirit of the competition well someone like Billie Jean King is the spirit of this competition and to have her support I think just just sort of helps the event. She, she supports it whilst often forgetting to actually call it the Billie Jean King Cup <laughs> or, or squirming whilst doing so, which is just wonderful. The number of times people have said Fed Cup and then carried on their sentence and then gone back on themselves. Oh, no, Billie Jean King Cup. It, it is taking everyone a bit of time. And yeah, Billie Jean herself as well. Yeah, she, glorious. She, she sort of says, oh, I'm, as though I'm supposed to call it Billie Jean King Cup. She's... Aren't she's she said on the um, the ITF uh, event that I hosted recently. She said, uh, or well, not that recently, actually, uh, a few months ago now. She said she said that her therapist has a go at her for not not calling it the Billie Jean King Cup, <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing. Uh, um, so, what's the setup like with the with the teams, Matt? Because I know you've been in the press conferences, haven't you? And I mean, really, that is not something we've been able to do in the last couple of years. I mean, I think the last tournament you went to, last overseas trip, anywhere other than Queen's, for instance, was, you know, it's, it's well over 18 months ago, isn't it? How mm-hmm. How has the setup been within the press conferences for you? Just be delicate with my FOMO here, Matt, <laughs> if you could. David's been on holiday and you're at an actual tennis event. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I'll do my best. Um, it's still a hybrid press conference. So there are reporters in the room and then there's the virtual element to it as well. Uh, there's not that many media on site, certainly so far. Um, but yeah, the players have been coming to press. We've been able to ask them questions. We have to keep our masks on as journalists. The players 
keep their masks on, take their masks off to answer the question. Um, we're kept at a distance. All the players themselves are in their own bubbles as a team. So they've all got their own locker room. They're all practicing as a team. There's no crossover between the teams whatsoever. So I think uh, the Spanish team said they've just sort of waved at, at other teams in the distance. They've not been able to speak to them just because they're doing everything they can to ensure that there are no positive cases. And if there is, they can isolate them, I suppose. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens when they share the same match court. But absolutely, when they're practicing, they're being kept apart. And I think that's a, that. That is a bit of a shame, obviously. It, it's nice when different teams can interact, but, you know, it's it, it's absolutely what has to be done. But, uh, no, it's it's been really nice to be back in the press conferences. It does make... Sorry, Catherine. It, it does make such a difference, I think, for journalists to be there and also for the players, just to be able to get some proper human interaction is, is nicer. Mm. I, I think that comes across, actually, because one of the... The interesting things about these press conferences, I, I've listened to all of them. Matt's, Matt's put all the audio in, in a folder and, and I've, I've listened through them uh, over the course of the last few hours. And what, what you have is a hybrid, isn't it? You have mm -hmm. the first few questions asked by people in the room and then it goes to people asking questions virtually around the world on a Zoom call. And, and there were some really good questions in those and they got some good answers, but you can hear the interaction. Uh, and you'll hear a little bit of that in some of the audio that that we play for you now. Um, and yeah, I mean, Naomi Osaka has talked about it, hasn't she as well, about how she has much preferred when, when she was doing the press conferences with people in front of her. And I think that that is perhaps something that certainly I might have overlooked, actually. I think almost got too used to the fact that we're doing everything on Zoom. And we, we even find it with our own podcasts how how lovely it was at Wimbledon when we could all just sit in a room and have a conversation without worrying about not quite hearing each other if we if we cut across one another it's just it's it's one of those things isn't it and and let's just hope we get more and more of this opportunity to talk face to face and and Matt's going to have that chance all week long here um during the Billie Jean King Cup finals and, and we'll have nightly tennis podcasts for you to bring you as much of it as we possibly can. Um, let's uh, let's start, I'd like to start in the German press conference and a question that Matt put to Andrea Petkovic. Just have a listen to this. With this tournament now named after Billie Jean King, I was wondering if you could just say a few words about her legacy and also how important you think it is for the players of today to really understand what she did for women's tennis, women's sport? Well, if I had anything to say in not only women's sport, but in tennis sport at all, I would everyone make, I would everyone um, teach the history of our sport and see why we are here um, and how we got here. And I think the reason why most of the best paid female athletes in the world are constantly the tennis players is because of Billie Jean King and because of the risks she took back in the 70s. And, um, and you know, not only that, but also the amount of things she did at the same time, all the while maintaining the number one position in the rankings is just something to look up to, no matter if you're a tennis player or not. So I think her story really should be told. And um, I read her book. I hope a lot of people do um, and I think it makes it easier to be appreciative when you play on court and when things get hard to know where you came from and so if it was up to me I would teach the young players the history of the sport definitely yeah. 
Makes you want to punch the air, Catherine, doesn't it? Hearing somebody react like that. I actually like did. <laughs> I did. I did do a little punch of the air. Yeah. I mean, it's to, it, which is. I mean, it's a shame that that's my reaction because that is. Well, that's a brilliant answer to a brilliant question. It's so darn obvious. Um, you know, it, it, that's so obviously the answer that we should be hearing from everybody. Um, and yet, you, you wouldn't. I want to write people off, but you, you, we all know that you you just wouldn't get that kind of answer from from a lot of players. Um, and as Billie Jean herself tells us all the time, if you don't know your history, then you're doomed to repeat it. It is essential, um, and that's that's a lesson we've learned, isn't it, through tennis relived, um, or certainly one that's been really hammered home to us, or certainly has to me. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? it and yet it's not, apparently. Yeah, uh, but that is another one of the great pluses of renaming the event the Billie Jean King Cup. It's just another opportunity for current players, up-and-coming players, to be introduced to who she is and what she's done and, and why it matters. Um, so... You know, I, I I'm encouraged in in that regard, and I'm just I'm really glad you asked Andrea Petkovic that particular question. It's another example of why names matter, mm. isn't it? Another thing that that was really exposed to us throughout the course of tennis relived. Um, names matter. If it weren't called the Billie Jean King Cup, you wouldn't be asking Andrea Petkovic most probably about Billie Jean King, we probably wouldn't be playing a clip like that on this podcast. It This stuff matters. It makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. She, and she really gets it, Petkovic, and Billie Jean King is going to be here. And we've seen her be at the US Open, no, at Indian Wells recently in the US Open and giving out copies of her book and having interactions with current players. And I find that all extremely uplifting and wonderful and you know i hope i hope players realize just just how lucky they are to be talking to billy jean king and sort of picking her brains and finding out what she thinks because she's really interested and engaged and wants to know what they think um and they're going to have that opportunity again this week in prague the players that are here yeah no that's that's great uh, and actually um it, it leads me on to the, the second bit of audio that I want to play is from the Team USA press conference and and a sort of related point really another one that I think is is really important this is this is Matt talking to the team captain of Team USA Kathy Rinaldi Kathy Pam Shriver made the point this week that this is one of the biggest team events in women's sport and yet only four of the 12 captains are women um just wondering you know, looking more broadly at tennis as well, more coaches are men than, than women, even on the WTA Tour. How do you think that gap can be closed from your perspective? Right. Um, I, I will say when I first started coaching about 14 years ago, it, there weren't many at all. I would go to events in the Junior Fed Cup, and I was sometimes the only female. So I, I think, um, you know, over the years we're seeing more females, but, yes, there is a big gap, and I think... Um, hopefully, uh, coaches and captains, um, female captains can inspire others and, um, 
and give more opportunities, find more opportunities. I think we're seeing that. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time, but it, there's definitely a big gap, and we definitely have to keep pushing and keep mentoring and and um, and understanding that you know females make great coaches and make great captains as well. I do find that surprising, and yet I obviously I shouldn't find it surprising that at the women's team event there is only four out of 12 that when I started to listen to some of the men speaking in their press conferences and I thought they all spoke well and and it was it, there were good press conferences it still surprised me that we are in this position that we are this still just a third of the the, the team captains are are women I I I, I that that is surely got to change i mean i don't know whether that's better than it's been in the past I mean, obviously the, this particular format hasn't been held quite like this before but it's it does surprise me do, i mean does that surprise you at all Catherine, or not no it surprises me that it's that many i mean 33 percent is is a, a greater proportion than f- female coaches generally on on the wta tour i'd i'd say that's probably substantially higher. Um, so anecdotally, yes, it does feel like the situation is improving. But, and that was a good answer from Cathy Rinaldi. I mean, she, I mean, she obviously gets it and sees it in a way that, that most people don't. But I do wish there were more urgency about the situation. You know, sort of, oh, yeah, it's happening. It'll happen organically. I mean, yes, you, seeing it, seeing it, you know, you need to see it to be it. That's another Billie Jean Kingism. That is all true. And just young would-be coaches seeing f- female coaches will make a difference, will will create a pathway of sorts. But just expecting it to happen organically, um, I don't think is right either. I, I think it's time to to force the issue what what that looks like I don't know um but it I really it really came into sharp focus for me recently and I, I said it all on a recent podcast Riyama Raducanu I, I I it saddened me so much that there were just no female names in the conversation as as potential coaches for her and I feel strongly that that if there were a suitable candidate that were female that would be that would be the best thing for her. Now, I'm not saying a man should never coach a woman, but the fact that there are so few female options available to women is <clears throat> desperately sad, I think, actually. And, and I would like to see it viewed as an urgent, urgent problem, actually. Mm. One of the female team captains that is taking part this week is the Spain captain, Annabel Medina Garrigues, Matt. Um, she's somebody that's always impressed me. And, and I, I know Carla Suarez Navarro mentioned her during her press conference because, I mean, it's a this is a huge week, isn't it, for for Suarez Navarro. This is, this is her, is this her final professional week of tennis? Yeah, this is her last event. Um, she's so pleased to be able to go out on her terms. She didn't think that was going to be possible a year ago, a couple of years ago. But obviously she's she's played the event she's played this year. 
She had that incredible moment on centre court at Wimbledon against Ash Barty with the incredible reception she received there. And now this is her last event. She she made her debut in this competition 13 years ago when Annabelle Medina Garriguez was a teammate. Um, she's now her captain. So there's a sort of full circle moment there, which is nice. And, and yeah, I mean, I think everyone wishes Suarez Navarro just all the best and I think you know she might have a bigger role to play than we were perhaps expecting because Spain have been hit by by some withdrawals Garbini Muguruza and Paola Badosa were originally named in the team both both withdrew um so you know it's it's quite possible we will actually be seeing Carlos Suarez Navarro on the court at her final event how realistically Matt how hard hit does the event feel by high-profile withdrawals? I, I, I know to an extent you won't know until the thing till the thing starts. Um, but what's the feeling for you? It's definitely something we can't ignore. Like I wrote down the list of the names that could be here, and you've got Ash Barty, Arena Sabalenka, Victoria Azarenka, Garbini Muguruza, Paula Badosa, Karolina Pliskova, Petra Kvitova. Sophia Kenin, Coco Goff, Jennifer Brady, Bianca Andreescu, Leila Fernandez. You know, those are all massive names who could be competing in this competition. I think lots of those withdrawals are understandable, particularly with the the WTA finals being so close to this event. Um, Sabalenka, Badosa, Muguruza, Pliskova could all have played here. They're all qualified for Guadalajara. Um, Craig Chikova is the only one who's qualified in singles for the WTA finals and is here. And I asked her about that, whether there was ever any possibility that she wouldn't play this event in order to prioritise the WTA finals. And she basically cut me off and said, no, absolutely not. I was always going to play the Billie Jean King Cup finals, mainly, you know, because they're in Prague, representing your country. It doesn't get bigger than that. And I think you know, financially and points-wise, all the rewards there are on the WTA finals. But the respect she will earn in, in this country if she, well, just for playing this event and if she leads the Czech Republic to the title will be amazing. Um, so I think the depth of women's tennis is such that, yes, the event does feel hit, but not as much as if all the names all those big names were missing on the men's tour. I think, you know, there's there's still most teams here have a top quality player um, as their number one. Belinda Bencic is here, Krikshikova, Kerber, Sloane Stevens, Danielle Collins. You know, there are still some pretty big names. I think we'll get a lot of good matches between those number one players. Um, but yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it, it's a shame. And I suppose the event just needs just needs to establish itself more i think it was originally meant to be in april wasn't it and i think the the scheduling right at the end of the season is tough and and you are going to get some withdrawals pavlyuchenkova is here she's another big name she's been talking about just how tired she is and just how tough the scheduling is but so yes it does feel hit but i think i think we're still going to get a lot of good matches yeah, no pressure, Barbora, but you are the entire reason that this event is in Prague, <laughs> it would seem. And she didn't sound cowed by that in the slightest. She sounded exhilarated, actually, didn't she, by the the opportunity to lead the team. That was that was kind of what you asked, really, is what's it like to lead the team when you've 
obviously in the past been behind others or been regarded as, as a doubles player. Yeah, it's such a important reminder of just how Krejcikova has has changed in in our eyes this year. I mean, she became a Fed Cup champion before she made her Fed Cup debut. She was one of those players who sat on the bench, you know, and then in 2019 she stepped up, she played doubles, but she only played a couple of rubbers, and now here she is at the home for the Czech Republic in Prague, the first Billie Jean King Cup finals in this format, and she's the standout player. And I think she's had a lot of new experiences this year, so she's sort of just seeing this as another one and and is ready to embrace it. I'm really looking forward to watching her in this format Mm. and seeing how she gets on. And there's there's actually, I mean, even though there, there are a lot of players not in Prague that could be that there's some just intriguing matchups and and there will be some some fascinating battles I think um I mean I, I, some of the other little bits that that struck me from the press conferences um Matt asked Belinda Bencic about playing as a team player versus playing for herself on the tour obviously she'd won the Olympic gold medal and and she was she was very clear that that she just feels that she feels encouraged and just buoyed by being out of play as part of a team and the other one that struck me was um, I mean I was slightly struggling to concentrate on what she was saying because she was wearing a Halloween outfit was Daria Kasatkina um, mm, now 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 I'm going to stop you there David yeah. I'm I am not a Halloween Scrooge okay I am all for I'm all for Halloween you go for your life you want to dress up for Halloween I I've had my moments of dressing up for Halloween fun times great good luck to you I do think if you're doing it in a team format you've got to be consistent you can't just five (laughs) of you show up three dressed normally and just two wearing a wig (laughs) I don't think that is an acceptable nod towards Halloween festivities did did she and Anastasia Pavlichenko a pull it off Matt in the room or not it was quite awkward (laughs) 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 yeah there's there's sort of there seems to be a big division in the in the Russian team because Pavlichenko seems to take Halloween extremely seriously she said she was planning this back in Indian Wells and she spoke to Kazakina and you know I thought of just assumed because it was a wig, it was a spontaneous thing that they sort of went to the shop last night and got these wigs. No, no, this has been in the works for weeks. Mm. It should have looked a lot better than well, that, I would say. That's then kind of what I thought. A wig does not take weeks to order on Amazon. <laughs> and then you had Alexandrova and Kudamatova and Igor Andreev, the captain, just clearly not into it at all. Just sort of. <laughs> sitting there a bit awkwardly. Um, it, it's like when you're in a couple and you go to a Halloween party and one half of the couple is bang into Halloween and wants to go with, like, you know, Mr and Mrs... Is there a Mr and Mrs... Dracula? <laughs> Frankenstein? Yes, Mr... Yes, as, as a sort of, you know, a double act, mm. if you will. And the other half of the couple is a is a Halloween Scrooge. And they want to be three hole punch Jim from the office. <laughs> um, I feel that pain, but I but I do think, for the sake of everybody concerned, 
you've just got to agree all of you to go one way or the other um yeah i don't think the solution is for just two people to randomly wear a wig <laughs> as i was saying about <laughs> daria kasukina and her team spirit um she she was saying uh in her her answer about it i just thought this was kind of revealing about her as an individual she sounded as though she likes team sports more than individual sport and would kind of rather be playing a team sport not that she doesn't like tennis and hitting the ball and playing well and winning matches but i got the sense that that was a little insight into her as an individual that maybe she won't fulfill what I might have thought was her potential in terms of ability because David is always predicting Kazakina I always to, to win the David Kazakina to. is David's go-to yeah but in predictions okay well here's the prediction she's going to have a massive Billie Jean King Cup she's going to be the player we're all talking about in a few days time how about that he's done it again yeah Bold but vague. Like it. <laughs> it's my style. <laughs> uh, let's finish the uh, the press conference audio um, with this from Matt with Shelby Rogers. Shelby, just on a slightly different note, I saw your Instagram post last night with your Ted Lasso inspired Halloween oh. um, <laughs> costume. <laughs> um, I'll tell them what exactly what we did do last night. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, that is a slightly different note. I will say, yeah, it's it's. Um, <laughs> we had a fun Halloween party last night. We were carving some pumpkins, so I think everybody's just in a little bit of a Halloween spirit, which, you know, helps the the team bonding as well. We had such a great time last night, um, but yeah, we didn't bring our costumes here, so I had to share a little bit of what I did before I traveled. Um, <laughs> but this week we're all we're all Team USA. That's our costume. Um, Billie Jean King herself loves Ted Lasso, and I, oh. I was just wondering whether there's a whether there's a message Knew it. whether there's a message from that show. We know it's about sort of yeah, team us, spirit that you're bringing to the to yeah, the why, side why, this give week. Give us an inspirational quote from that show or something. <laughs> yeah. I've, never, I've never seen it. So. You've never seen no. it. Anybody on my team seen the show? No. Stephanie no. tried to get me into it. Okay. Well, I mean, I think the main message behind it is believe. Like, there, it's a very big underdog story, um, which we are not. But the message from it, I don't know, one of the quotes is, like, be a goldfish. They have a short memory. You know, if something goes wrong, you have to, like, move forward and make, make the next thing better. Um, but, I, I mean, this is not what I thought I was going to be answering today. But it's, it's good, though. Yeah. Thank you. Did you. Did you like the picture, more importantly? Engagement is important. You better like and save her photo. <laughs> so, hope you liked and saved her photo, Matt. Matt, they're just casually dropping his uh, his privately obtained information about Billie Jean King loving Ted Lasso there. I know from my personal chats with Billie Jean King that she loves Ted Lasso. <laughs> it worked. Great job. Um, who, I've just, while I was listening to that, just looked up Shelby Rogers' Instagram. Who is the chap actually dressed as Ted Lasso? I'm not sure. Right. Boyfriend, Pot- potentially. <laughs> we can't go in okay. an edition of the Tennis Podcast with Catherine and not asking Matt a question he doesn't possibly know the answer <laughs> to. <laughs> Sorry about that, Matt. I assumed you were an expert in all things Shelby Rogers, Ted Lasso, Halloween, but no. 
Sorry. I'm still delighted you had just enough knowledge to ask that question anyway. So great, great, great job. Um, the uh, the groups themselves, 12 teams, four groups, um, three in each, and the top team in each one goes through to the semifinals on Friday. And then the winners meet in the final on, on Saturday. Is there, Matt, a group of death? Yes. I'm going to say yes, there is. Um, Group D with the Czech Republic, Switzerland and Germany. Groups of death are always D, aren't they? (laughs) Are they? (laughs) Feels like it. Uh, Why why is it that one? Well, I think they all have their strongest player with them. Okay, you could argue Karolina Pliskova for the Czech Republic, but they've got Krejcikova here. Switzerland, they've got Belinda Benchik. Germany, they've got Angelique Kerber. Those are going to be some brilliant um, singles clashes. I think Czech Republic are the favourites due to their doubles strength as much as anything. Um, but Heinz Gunhart, the uh, Swiss captain who, who we've had on on the podcast on, on, on Tennis Relived, um, he was pretty bullish. You know, he's he's got quite a strong team with him here, as, as strong as he could possibly have. Benchik is backed up by Victoria Goljevic and Jill Teichman, who have both had brilliant yeah. seasons. And, and he said, look, I think we've got a team that can beat anyone. And yes, we're in the group with the Czech Republic, but if you want to win this tournament, you're probably going to have to beat them. So we might as well play them in the group. So I'm I'm really excited for that clash because I think I think the Swiss are up for this and 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 we know what Kerber can do for Germany. So I think Czech Republic favourites, but that they're going to be some great matches. And there were there was a bit of mind games I thought as well from Rainer Schuttler, you know, Matt, because he said about the Czech Republic, he said, you know, there's a lot more pressure playing at home. Mm. When you're the home team, I was not expecting that from him. I mean, he's a he's a mild mannered guy. I like Rainer Schuttler, but I also, I mean, look, well, I, I I think maybe the, maybe there's truth to that. You know, maybe he's experienced a home tie for Germany, either in Davis Cup or as Fed Cup captain, and felt that. And I and I think there's something in it. But I also sensed because I mean the, those ties involving the Czech Republic are expected to be sellouts, I believe. So. The atmosphere is gonna be absolutely pulsating in inside that arena, but in that group, I mean, with those players up against them, it could be tense. Mm. Yeah, no, I think so, and I think in terms of the crowds that we're expecting this week, it's probably a similar conversation to what we had a couple of years ago, where Spain's presence throughout that tournament did mean that the semi-finals and final had a great atmosphere as well. And the sort of home nation presence did help. So if Czech Republic do make it out of the group, I suspect we will have a sort of electric weekend as well. But if they are knocked out, it, it will be interesting to see what happens with the crowd. And I suspect they will be smaller if, if the Czech Republic are not in it. Mm. Yeah, well, it, it all gets underway tomorrow as we come... F- to you and it gets off with a bang because the defending champions are in action first of all that's France they're up against Canada on the center court then there's a second court in action as well court one uh, Belgium against Belarus and this is these are both taking place at 10 30 in the morning local time and then at five o'clock it is the Czech Republic against Germany so I mean straight off the bat um, things are happening and 
then it's uh, Spain against Slovakia in the court one match. So it's round robin. Each of the teams will get to play twice, uh, and then we'll f- we'll find out who's um, who's top of the groups. And what's the format, Matt? Is it two singles and a doubles? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I love that. Uh, it's going to be great. Okay, well, we'll be back uh, every night with an edition of the Tennis Podcast throughout the event to tell you what went on. Matt will be courtside. He'll be in all the press conferences. He'll be keep picking up all the gossip. He'll be walking the Charles Bridge in the morning, which is what I remember <laughs> doing 23 years ago. Oh, I want to... Why aren't I there? I want to go. <laughs> it's not too late. Maybe I could get a flight. Oh, now I've got to do the school run in the morning. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Uh, right, Catherine, what, what else has been going on over the course of this week? Because there have been some uh, a lot of tour events, actually, and some really good events some notable ones um in uh how do we pronounce this wta event in romania what's the name of that city cluj cluj and cluj my, my dad spent a lot of time in cluj when i was a kid oh mm. is it nice yes he he speaks very fondly about it in fact while he was there cuz he was there for quite long stints as i recall um he had quite a lot of and he was either in in the hotel that he was staying at or very nearby there was good tennis facilities and he had a sustained period of tennis coaching from a coach called Radu. I remember hearing lots about my dad's progress with Radu, the tennis coach, um, who, who knows, might be a, a tennis podcast listener. It would make me very happy if, if he were. Marvellous. Um, yes, revamped my dad's forehand, taught him topspin. <laughs> 
I wasn't expecting that when I asked. <laughs> um, this is uh, the the tournament played in Transylvania, isn't it? Mm. And they, I think it's fair to say they definitely embraced the Transylvanian connotations of their event, yeah. which I'm here for. They had players walking out onto court wearing cloaks. Yeah, I thought they did. There was a vampiric. There was a vampiric element. I thought they did. To, to the, they did a bit of the staging. Bit of a better job than Anastasia Pavlichenko. No offence. <laughs> um, so uh, that was a tournament in which Emma Raducanu won her first WTA regular tour match, wasn't it? Um, because she won the US Open. She never even won another match <laughs> on the regular tour. Uh, but uh, she managed to do that, won a couple, in fact, and then eventually lost to Marta Kostyuk. Catherine, you, you saw a bit of how she played. I did. I did. I watched uh, the entirety of that Raducanu Kostyuk match. Very interesting. They were they played a lot in juniors. Um, Kostyuk is a year older than, than Raducanu, I think just less than a year. Um, and, you know, even all other things being equal, I think Raducanu was very wary of that matchup because she she really got the best of her in in juniors. And we're talking, you know, those matches, okay, I know they were both early bloomers, Kostyuk and even earlier bloomer than Raducanu, but those matches weren't that long ago. You know, those that head-to-head from juniors is still relevant for them. Um, but how much that was a factor in the match, I don't know because... It was a really, it was a bad performance from from Radicano, and entirely, for entirely understandable reasons, I think. And I'm I'm consistently impressed and taken aback by her self self awareness and self reflection in in her comments after these after these performances. She was so flat. She looked. She looked exhausted, really. She just couldn't get anything going. I mean, it wasn't helped by the fact that there was no crowd. You did get the feeling that if she could get some kind of external injection of energy that could buoy her a little to at least at least just get going. It felt like she never got out of bed that day. It really was a sluggish performance. Her serve was... I can't remember how many double faults. I think 10-ish double faults, which in a t- two-and-one defeat, one-and-two defeat, is um, is not not great. It, and it was... I, I don't actually think her first serve percentage was that low. Um, it was a touch of the Zverevs, really. It was just as soon as she had a second serve, you felt nervous for her um, because her second serve was, was so wavered and she'd clearly lost all confidence in it. And you could see, you know, she was trying to play the type of tennis that won her the US Open... Um, which, why wouldn't you? That tennis has just won you the US Open. But she's just not not in the physical or mental or emotional shape to, to be playing that kind of tennis just now, I don't think. Um, and she's really aware of that. She says, you know, it's been a ridiculous year. Um, you know, just the, the processing of everything that's happening happened to me is is occupying, taking up a lot of my energy. And she says, I was really flat out there. And... Yeah, if that keeps happening, if she keeps putting in flat performances and is unable to to fire herself up, then maybe that's a problem. But I don't think there's any tennis player that doesn't ha- and hasn't had flat days. Maybe Nadal. Um, but yeah, I, we still have so little to go on in terms of Raducanu and where she's at and where she's going. 
Um, I'm I'm no more or less worried about her than I was a week ago. I think just getting those couple of wins on the board actually is is really big. It's a monkey off the back. Um, but yeah, look, there's no disguising it was a really bad performance. It was actually quite quite tough to watch towards the end because because there was no joy. I suppose she didn't look like she was particularly enjoying being out there. And considering how much she she talked about what it meant to her to to play in Romania, obviously where her dad is is from. She speaks fluent Romanian. I think her grandmother was there watching her. Her dad uh, was out there as well, and he hadn't been able to be in New York with her. I think. I think overall it was a positive experience. It was just unfortunate that it all ended on such a bum note. But um, she is going to play Lintz. Uh, is that next week, Lintz? Um, the indoor tournament that uh, that Coco Goff won last year. So it's not it's not the end of her season. But um, yeah, we will see. Yeah, it was a tough watch for everybody except Matt Roberts, who was uh, just rejoicing in in seeing his pick for 2021 break through Marta Kostyuk come up trumps and then she lost for the winning of only a single game in the next round but you know we, we won't say any more about that Matt she was quite good I was on the plane when oh. it happened and, and I landed to a sort of alternate universe where I might have made a correct prediction <laughs> but you know didn't last <laughs> Yeah, it was one. It was one of those strange uh, tournaments where Kostyuk beat Raducanu six two six one. Then Halep beat Kostyuk six love six one, and then Halep played against Annette Contevate today, who's beating everybody in the whole world at the moment, and she won six two six three. Did Contevate, and she's going to be a top ten player uh, tomorrow. Um, she's reached the WTA finals, which is a quite wonderful achievement for her and she's done so by winning 26 of her last 28 tennis matches uh four of the last tournaments she's played four of the last seven tournaments she's played she's won um and uh, i mean i i am surprised really that she's managed to to produce this sort of injection of form um i i i always think of her and elise mertens in the same breath and and I didn't mm. really expect either of them to ever qualify for the WTA finals, to be quite honest with you. Um, she's showing she's got a, another another level, another injection. Yeah, I agree with that with that comparison. Players who don't have bad losses, who are very consistent, but you feel there's there's a limit there and they don't win that many titles. Certainly Contevate, I think, had only previously won one in her career. And as you said, she's won four in the last uh ten weeks, I think. It's it's an incredible run of form. I mean, it's it's reminiscent of what Svetlana Kuznetsova did in in 2016 to knock Conta out of the final position. Although that was later, I think wasn't wasn't Conta in the official photos for the WTA finals? Yeah, Kuznetsova did it by winning Moscow. Mm, that's right. Uh, the, yeah. the final of which was the day before the WTA finals in Singapore. And of course, the, the so finals day in Moscow was draw, draw mm-hmm. and photo shoot day in, in Singapore. Yeah. This was the only way Contevate was going to get in. You know, she had to win back-to-back tournaments in these last two weeks. And for her to do that, she just seemed on a mission. You know, she just seemed more determined to get to every ball, to hit every ball a bit harder. There was this... There was something extra about her in these last two weeks. She's been, you know, not only has she been winning, she's been winning easily. I think she's won 
30 of her last 31 sets indoors, 15 match winning streak indoors. It's it's incredible. She was about a thousand points behind on Shabur in late August, and she's now overtaken her. Some cracking Twitter activity from Onstrubur, though, in response to it. And first of all, just congratulating her. And obviously, she's devastated. What I what I love about the two of them is how, how um, positively spirited they've been towards each other, well-meaning and, and a little bit of mickey-taking as well, but really nice vibes between the two of them and the biggest thing of the lot is just how much it means to them how much they desperately want to be there when Contivate won match point it wasn't just I've beaten Simona Halep and and won this tournament I've qualified you know you could see that this was a career moment for her and it the same for Anjibur I mean I can't heart's breaking for her a bit because she she looked like she'd made it and she she probably she deserves to be there as well I mean she said I'm going to go as an alternate but um yeah it's a she must be devastated. So the lineup now is uh, Rina Sabalenka, Karolina Pliskova, Iga Svantec, uh, Barbora Krachikova, Maria Sakkari, Gabinia Magarutha, Paola Badosa, and Annette Kontovet. So yeah, it's a strong old field, even even without Naomi Osaka and um, Ash Barty, who are who are not going to play. Um, and three of the four Grand Slam champions this year not there. Ash Barty. Emma Raducanu, uh and Naomi Osaka, as you said, and yet the field is t- is still strong. Krachikova is cr- propping up all these fields. <laughs> yes, yeah, she's uh, she's just loving life and making the most <laughs> yeah. out of it all because uh, she did not see any of this coming, <laughs> which is great. And uh, well, I suspect more of it will be coming our way in the future. She's that good. Uh, a few other results: the WTA event now. Catherine, you might need to help me with the pronunciation here. Both of you, in fact, uh, is it Cormier? Okay, right. That's in France. um, I I understand. (laughs) No, it's in it's in Italy. It's not in France. (laughs) Nearly, it's very near to France. I saw the word Mont Blanc when I looked it up. But yes, it's that bit of Italy that's near France Mm. and near Switzerland. Oh, close, Dave. Good try. Uh, (laughs) Won by Donna Vekic. Got that bit right, Um, and she won her first title in four years, beating. My fave, Clara Towson. Uh, but Donna Vekic won the title. So well done her. Uh, the ATP tournament in Vienna was won by Alexander Zverev, beat Francis Tiafo, who was... I mean, he was the story of the tournament for, from what I was watching in highlight form on Twitter. I didn't watch full matches over the course of the last week because I was away. But, I mean, Tiafo beat Stefano Tsitsipas, Diego Schwartzman, and Yannick Sinner to get to the to the final and I mean the the tennis he produced against Sinner was just ridiculous uh, the, there's a two or three minute highlight reel that the tennis TV guys put together um, we, we tweeted it from our account and I, I could just watch it over and over again <laughs> I you know Tiafa may never play a better sort of highlight reel than that and yet he probably will because he's just so exciting and he's I do feel like He's shown an upper level that's higher than I ever thought he got. Uh, is is that fair? Do you, would you agree with that or not? It was interesting. I saw you tweet that. And um, I think, personally, I've always felt that he did have a high upper level. Just, you know, thinking back to when he played Roger Federer in 
in the first round of the US Open on, on the Arthur Ashe Stadium, I think four years ago, and he was electric that night. You know, he, he was he's sort of built for that big stage. And I've seen him beat Stefano Tsitsipas at Wimbledon this year, and he, he just took him apart. I think, for me, I've always just doubted whether he can do it week in, week out, and the sort of grind of it and whether his whether his lower level is high enough I suppose and just to get some bog standard wins we know he can do the fun stuff um but I must say I suppose what I saw from him this this week was even higher than I've ever seen I thought he was absolutely incredible I couldn't believe my eyes watching him against Yannick Sinner the I mean his serving was fantastic but also the variety he was playing with it was really really smart as well because it seemed both instinctive for him but also the right thing to do to take Sinner out of his baseline rhythm and Tiafo was coming to the net and injecting pace and then also just having fun with it you know high-fiving people in the crowd and hitting tweeners and it was it was the full package and I was I was all in and I thought I thought he was fantastically entertaining this week and combining it with winning tennis as well so it was it was brilliant. Mm. I think that um, coaching relationship with Wayne Ferreira is is really working. I, yeah. I don't quite know. I don't quite know how, you know how. You know, we don't have the the insight into coach player dynamics that we do or used to do with the with the WTA tour. But you know, we, we know Wayne a bit from the the Champions Tour. David, he's a very amiable, easy to get along with guy. I think his I can totally see how his energy works with Francis. Um, Tiafo and there was a there was a piece on the ATP website about about their relationship and their dynamic and and the headline was how Ferreira is helping Tiafo walk the fine line between fun and focus and I think that's his his career isn't it because you know there's just no no you know we all need to have learned from Monfils and there was just no point in trying to put a square peg into a round hole take away the fun and he's not the same player and yeah, with the fun comes a bit of sort of there's going to be frustrating moments where you think, oh, if you just focus a little bit more, you could be this or you could be this. But he's always going to do it his way. Um, and and that way will will get the best out of him, whatever that might be. Mm. Um, and I think I think Ferreira gets him yeah. in that way. Seems so. Um, and that's that's brilliant. He's he's good news. And for that, tennis. And that he's is great. one of the other things that is is more difficult for all of us in the media is to get a handle on why relationships may work or not work. When when we're at tournaments, we're able to see stand courtside at practice mat, practice sessions and and get a feel for these things and talk to people backstage. And you just can't do that at the moment. So yeah, we hope to be able to have more opportunities to do so in the future. Um, the, Wayne, we're coming for you. Yeah, Wayne, hide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ATP St. Petersburg event was won by Marin Cilic. Goodness me. He won today. Yay. <laughs> oh, that account's going to be loving it. Uh, beat Taylor Fritz 7-6, his 20th title. And he's had a, he's having a bit of a comeback, is Marin Cilic, because he has been, I thought he was going to retire fairly soon, the way he was going. And look, he may still but he he's had quite a few results recently, and that's a really impressive one there. Um, so well done, Marin Cilic. I like him. Um, and uh, Botic van der Zanskolp uh, beat uh, 
Andre Rublev and Sebastian Korda over the course of the week as well. He played some seriously good tennis against Andre Rublev. I saw some highlights of that. Um, and the Paris draw starts tomorrow. The The big headline match for me is the evening one between Andy Murray and qualifier Jensen Brooksby. Andy Murray's uh, a big fan of Jensen, isn't he? So uh, mm. going to be fascinating. Mm, he's jinxed him with a tweet about him. Yes. Yes, so. he's so much of a fan, he's compared him to Florian Meyer. <laughs> uh, other round one highlights, Aslan Karatsev against Sebastian Korda, Dan Evans against Alexander Bublik tomorrow, uh, Lloyd Harris, uh, Alex, Alex Dimonor, um, and Carlos Alcaraz against um, Pierre-Hugabert, who's uh, said he's going to st- sort of bring his season to an end pretty sharpish as well. Um, Novak Djokovic's first tournament this one will be since... D- d- well, hang on, he's he's not... What does that mean? He's not going to make a charge for the ATP finals. Who? Pierre Rugger. He's not going to play the Davis Cup finals. Right, okay. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> no, about Djokovic's first tournament this will be since the US Open. Uh he plays Martin Fucevic or Fabio Fanini in his first match. He's also playing doubles tomorrow. Um right. Well that's about it. I think Matt uh, you have a busy week ahead, so you better get to bed. In fact, so do you, Catherine. It's it's all hands on deck for us on the Tennis Podcast over the next week. Catherine presenting the Amazon Prime video coverage uh, for Paris. Matt will be courtside for us in Prague. Uh, we've got a mascot who is Nelly, and Nelly is lovely. Nelly was featured in our newsletter last week. Uh, she's one and a half years old. She's a working cocker spaniel, and she lives in Newmarket with Katie and Mike. So, hello, Nelly. Thank you for being our mascot for this week. Uh, Chris Albert Lee is our executive producer and top bloke. Uh, Billie Jean King sponsors Billie Jean the dog during Billie Jean King Cup Week. (laughs) Just about got through that. Uh, Scousel, Marcel, Rogue and Zeus are our mascots. And Catherine, well, Catherine and Zeus combined with Annette Contivate to have a predictions success this week and Catherine has shot to the top of the standings mm, unexpected but great enormously unexpected and enormously annoying so on that unsatisfactory note I'm going to end this podcast and we'll come back tomorrow and do another one see you then Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.